Good morning on this Sunday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, food for thought and for the imagination. When we stop to consider doors, gates, portals, uh, walls, hedges, and things like that, we have to consider that there has to be a door or an opening. Throughout the scripture, all the way from Genesis all the way to Revelation, we find this concept, this idea of the importance of doors, the importance of having things protected, having things surrounded. In the life of the believer, in the life of the Christian, the Lord has made provision for us to protect us, to defend us, to deliver us. The promises are true. They're yes, they're amen. But God is also faithful to those that are faithful to him. He is faithful because he has promised in his word to deliver. He has delivered and he will continue to deliver our lives. In Genesis, as we had mentioned in one of our, our teachings, the, the Garden of Eden, God had placed some cherubims there at that certain section so nobody could enter in and it was to guard the tree of life. When we get to the end of the book of Revelation, we find that the new heaven and the new earth are built and the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven. Yet the walls of the city have 12 major gates. You would stop and think, wait a minute, why a gate? Why is there a gate? Why are there 12 gates? There's three gates per wall that surround the New Jerusalem. You stop and think about the book of Revelation and you find that there's actually an angel that has the key to the bottomless pit to unlock it, to open it, to close it. And yet that is where Satan is going to be bound for a thousand years at the bottomless pit. You stop and consider about the salvation of an individual. And Jesus used in his teaching the word gate to identify the opening or the entrance. It says in the book of Matthew chapter 7 verse 13, Enter ye in the... Enter ye in at the straight gate. So we are told specifically which gate it is. It's going to be one that's very narrow. You need to enter in. Now, this is important because Jesus in his teaching on the book of John <clears throat> in chapter 10 he talks about the shepherd, he talks about the hedge or the, the sheepfold, he talks about the porter, he talks about the door, he talks about the... But there is something that is interesting there that we also have to look at, and that is the importance of the entering in and the exiting out of that gate or that door. Now, this is the way that Jesus began his teaching in John chapter uh, 10, starting roughly at verse number 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not in by the door. Okay, 
So there is an entering in, into the sheepfold by the door, but climb within some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Of course, that would be the same thing, whether it was a, a, a wolf, a, a fox, uh, a lion, a bear, some other type of uh, uh, critter uh, or, or, or animal or something that was going to be a danger or detrimental to the sheep uh, would be considered, of course, a, a, a very dangerous thing. But then he goes on to say, but he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So we have the shepherd of the sheep is identified very clearly in verse 2. And the shepherd of the sheep, according to Psalm 23, is the Lord is my shepherd. Now, Jesus is identified also in the book of Hebrews as the great shepherd of our soul. There's many under shepherds, but he is the great shepherd. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And then it says in verse 3, To him the porter openeth. We identify the porter as the Holy Spirit opening the door. And the sheep hear his voice. When we talk about hearing a voice, we're talking about hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit to be led. Of course, Jesus uh, and the Heavenly Father can very clearly speak to our hearts and lives. But when Jesus left, he said, I will leave you the Holy Spirit. I won't leave you comfortless, but I'll leave you someone exactly like me. And that is the Holy Spirit. And he is going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to teach you. And whatever he hears, that is what he is going to speak to you. He's not going to speak of himself. So the porter openeth. And the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and he leadeth them out. So we are led by the Spirit of God, according to Romans chapter number 8, verse 14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And Psalm 100 talks about we are the sheep of his fold. We are his sheep. That means we need, of all the critters, all the animals, we need a shepherd. We need to be led. Uh, other animals, uh, you can you can basically allow them to do something. Uh, a cat, a dog, they'll go and find water. Or, But sheep need to be led. Then it says in uh, John 10, 4, and when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they do not know, for they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow, but flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now this parable Jesus spoke unto them, but they did not understand what things they were which he spoke, and Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. The heavenly Father is the shepherd. 
The Holy Spirit is the porter that openeth the door. So once again, we have to consider the entering in at the straight and narrow gate. It's no man comes to the Father except Jesus. Uh, uh, no man comes to the Father except by Jesus. No man comes to Jesus except the Holy Spirit draw him. So in, on, in order to enter into that realm, and when I'm talking the realm, I'm talking the realm of salvation, the realm of the spiritual, having to do with God, because it is prohibited in the Old Testament to enter into the spiritual realm any other way, because then that would, that would involve witchcraft, that would involve uh, the practicing of all the things that God had pro prohibited, uh, talking to the dead, familiar spirits, uh, all these other things, they were prohibited. Every type of uh, practice from levitating to prognosis, to be able to uh, uh, read uh, uh, and, and tell fortunes and stuff like that was all prohibited. But we are allowed to enter into the realm of the Spirit by being born again. Remember, the words were, if we're going to enter, we've got to enter into that straight and narrow gate. That is how we enter in. It is through that narrow gate. But at the same time, when we are born again, we also are given the opportunity to enter in. And that entrance is made possible by the new birth. Now, if we stop and consider that, let's look in John chapter 3, starting with verse number 3, in where he says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. While the kingdom of God was not something futuristic only, if we stop and think about the kingdom of God, a lot of people think, well, that's when you die and when you go to heaven. But that's not how Jesus identified the kingdom of God. Jesus identified the kingdom of God as something that was very present, something that was already there. When he preached, when, G, uh, when John the Baptist preached, they said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is, is, is coming. Jesus identified since the days of John the Baptist, the violent taken by force, meaning it is a very present and available thing for an individual, but he has to enter in right through, through the right door. But at the same time, the kingdom of God, according to Jesus, was is already in you if you are born again. Now, it says in... Uh, verse number four, and Nicodemus says unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Notice he used the word enter, and that's exactly what happens. The word of God is going to enter into our lives. We're going to be born uh, again through the spirit of God, uh, through the word of God, through the seed of God. And because of that, then we are going to be given the opportunity to enter into the realm of the Spirit. Now, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, 
he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And once again, we would take this and we could interpret it as saying, well, you know, if if you're not born of water and of the spirit, when you die, you're not going to go to heaven. But if the kingdom of heaven is already at hand, it's already here. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God is already a realm that is available to those that are willing to understand and pay the price of the door and the gates and the keys that are involved. When Jesus told Peter, I give you the keys of the kingdom then that means it wasn't just one key. There were several different keys to open different kinds of doors. But at the same time, he identified when he told Peter, he said, but the gates, the doors of hell itself, the authorities, the powers that rule in that realm, they will not overcome. Will they not? They will not overpower. They will not defeat my church. I will build my church, and they will be uh, overcomers. So it says, "Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God." So we enter in at the straight and narrow gate. That is the first doorway, being led by the Spirit of God through the Word of God. Now, Jesus entered into this world through the door or through the gate of birth. He entered. That's the only way that you can be part of this planet. You have to be born into it. The devil, of course, has tried to influence, has tried to control, has tried to dictate and have uh, people worship him and everything, but he is not of this world in the sense that he was not born into it. He came as a thief. He climbed over the hedge. He took advantage of Eve and of Adam and deceived Eve. And man, of course, betrayed God. At that point, he entered into the realm of the natural. And having entered in through guise, through deception, destruction, violence, and all of these other things, then he was able to take control. But that doesn't mean that God is unaware or he doesn't know what's going on. He's fully aware. So he made preparations for Jesus to be born of a virgin into this world that he would enter in. And when he did, he entered in with a physical body. We enter into the realm of the spirit through a spiritual body. And spiritual body, I'm talking about being led by the spirit of God, worshiping God in spirit, walking and living in the spirit, not according to the flesh. But as we look at these things and we begin to understand them, we learn that the Christian walk is a tremendous adventure and it involves so many things that God has made possible. And a lot of that includes the lot, a lot of the old ways and paths that God had established in the Old Testament for his prophets, for Enoch, for Elijah, for Moses. They were able to walk in what 
the New Testament church walked in because they were able to figure out what those paths and doors and each path and each door or each path or each way led to a door where they were given keys where they could go in and they could go out. Well, seeing we're out of time, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. Join us on Monday as we continue along these lines. But until then, the Lord, the Lord richly and fully bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.